You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? For lack of a better word, it's good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't get up. Hey! All right, welcome to Money Never Sleeps, the show where we talk about anything and everything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the world. And, uh, you know, we live in a new world now. This is the new normal. Uh, a lot of things are happening, a lot of changes, a lot of adjustments. You know, people are going to have to adapt to what's going to be uh, forthcoming. Um, interesting times, for sure. I want to go over a few things uh, with you guys. Um to show you that the impact is not just what's happening or happened already. It's what is to come. Okay, Tyson Foods. Uh, they made an announcement and pretty much preparing people, preparing the public for higher prices in uh, chicken and turkey and other meats and so on and so forth. Uh, this is the first stone. Um, supply chain uh, disruptions is going to be the cause of that. Uh, when they have a problem, like right now, they have a they they had a well a well oiled machine. Uh, they would move things from point A to point B, and there you go. You get it right there at your supermarket. You pick it up, and and you got that, and it's it's there in your refrigerator. Uh, now things are going to be different. Okay, uh, where they may not they may not be able to get it to where it needs to get to. It may be more costly for them, which is more costly for um for you know the general consumer um you know whether you know they're getting it from their forms other forms as far as the the product and uh, maybe it's a it's a good case to 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 go vegan or, or vegetarian or whatever your choice is um but yeah you know this is just one sector you know, you have other sectors that I'm sure that this is going to come up too. This is going to be uh, something to point to an excuse to raise prices. And honestly, that's probably not a good thing. You know, you're you're going to raise prices on food, and it's going to it's going to be costly for for the um, the average American to to go and uh, you know fill fill their fridge if that should happen. And I just hope that it's not. Uh, something that um, flows to other, other, um, other companies, other suppliers, other food suppliers. But uh, just have a feeling it just may, it just may, you know, because it's a it's a perfect excuse, and who's going to question it? Uh, whether it's true or not, who's going to question it? You know, so. But anyway, so we'll see what happens there. You know, they, this particular company, they're they're prepping the general public for increased prices. You know, I think that they should do everything in their power not to let that happen. You know, be be a leader and, and show, you know, how you can get things done. But, you know, if you're talking about disruptions in the supply chain, you know, you can have issues. Anyway, uh, moving forward, uh, oil. You know, we've been speaking about this for the past you know, few weeks. Uh, had history and more history and more history. You had, you know, back uh, with uh, the May contracts, you had, you know, people rolling out of them, rolling into June. And then you had, I mean, just recently, 
you had uh you know um uh institutions rolling out of June going into uh contracts that are further out uh which was is just making that contract collapse you know so and and it's it, again this this is a domino effect uh it's something that'll that that'll um create issues elsewhere you 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 have companies that were teetering on the brink of extinction and as oil prices came down so uh did their lifeline and you have a couple of companies that already filed for chapter 11 or you know they they they're looking you know for protection you know bankruptcy uh, protection and it's something that may continue with other companies see here goes the situation with oil um oil comes down you have more of a supply people think okay great it's going to correlate to lower gas prices that's not always the case as we see now if it correlated to that you know gas should be at 50 cents a gallon and it's not uh all what's happening now especially you know with uh here goes the domino effect or, or how everything just kind of blends in uh with the contracts you know i'm sure that uh, a lot of um a lot of institutions or organizations they were put the uh, the oil so now they have to go find storage there's no storage okay and there's no storage or no limited storage because people aren't traveling they're not driving they're not doing this they're not doing that so they're not using gas they're not, you know oil is not the um in the in the most demand as it, as it normally is so you have no storage, you have more oil coming out um, and being stockpiled somewhere on barges, on ships, on whatever, and that's costly too, you know, so that can cost a company, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, okay, on a weekly, and that's, um, you know, that that can be, you know, taxing on their margins, taxing on the company, and, you know, it can force a company to go under very easily. And people, you know, you have to understand this too. Okay, when, it, you know, you think it's, it's, you know, some say it's, it's, you know, to go and just, hey, stop pulling oil out of the ground. It's not that easy either. Because the, the moment you do that and you kind of... um reduce the the oversupply of oil at some point in time you know there's going to be a shortage of oil okay and that's going to drive prices up so and the reason for that is that when you shut down uh oil production it takes not a day not weeks it takes months to ramp it up again so that's why they can't just shut down you know, that'll go and put companies out of business. That'll jack up the oil prices. A lot of bad things can happen from that. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword at this point. We'll see how things work out. You know, um, you know, if people start traveling and, you know, air travel happens again, then then we'll see. Maybe that'll, that'll balance everything out. Time will tell. Okay, uh, look, the new normal. The AC world, uh, anti, uh, actually after COVID-19, uh, would love it to be anti-COVID-19 to get rid of this uh, damn thing already. Uh, but, you know, the after COVID-19 life, uh, 
you have a lot of businesses that are going to be impacted, uh, retail, restaurants, so on and so forth. Um, you have big retail outlets, you know, the Macy's, the Neiman Marks, Marcus, the Nordstrom, so on and so forth. You have, you have a lot of these companies that are on the brink of bankruptcy right now because of what's happening. And even if they open up their doors again, it's going to be very hard for them to go and bounce back. Uh, they're going to look to raise billions of dollars to save their companies. You know, Macy's may raise, you know, four or five billion just to try to save the company. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that, you know, with um, the way the way things are going to be and you're going to have to reduce the capacity, meaning the number of people you have in your store at any given time, you know, it'll it's it's going to potentially you know, cause issues. I mean, there's a, there's a potential solution, you know, for that too, maybe. Um, and, and it has to do with these companies, these companies, these retail outlets, they should have did something a long time ago. And I know they had the opportunity to, uh, they just never embraced it. Uh, they like the brick and mortar style of retail, you know, which is, which is ancient. It's ancient, you know, you have shopping centers, shopping malls, half empty. Uh, I've seen it. Stores closed down. No one's leasing there, you know, because you need the foot traffic in order for to make sense. And why would you go and reduce your margins and and fork, you know, fork over X amount of dollars per month on a lease, you know, to just have a few people run into a store, and, and your and it doesn't, it's not cost effective. You know, you have companies that are learning how to how to work in uh you know in in this uh in this AC world and you know i mean e-commerce is is the way to go it it always it has been for some time this is why amazon is so strong in this space because it, it was embraced a long time ago started with books and now look at them now they're offering they they're dealing with retailers all over the world and they they may they they're gonna have to, I think Macy's and and, and other retailers, they um, yeah I know they have a retail presence, but I mean online uh, an online presence, but it's not what it should be. You know you're making that much money, you should have invested heavily into tech, okay, and and start reducing your your brick and mortar footprint and increase your online presence and that would have saved these companies. You know, I don't I, I don't know what their thinking is. I don't know, you know, who's advising them, you know, but <laughs> they they're getting the wrong feedback. Wrong feedback. New world, new things to do, you know, and some of these companies are are too big, they can't pivot quick enough and that's gonna be the collapse of them. And that's the way that is. Uh, restaurants you know, let me talk about restaurants really, really quick. Um, biggest question is, you know, you, you have Georgia and other states that are allowing restaurants to open up uh, under certain conditions. They have to have six to six feet of separation. So, or, or, or I think in, in Nashville, it was, um, or Tennessee itself, uh, 25% occupancy for a restaurant or something of that nature. You know, the, the bottom line is, you know, the restaurants, they have to evolve. The small ones, even the big ones, if they want to survive. 
you know, because you, you start reducing the people that can come into your place. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have the crowds. Okay, all of a sudden, you know, you, you can't fill the capacity. All of a sudden, you know, things are getting slower. So you have to change things up. Technology can help with that. Uh, you know, having, again, an online presence, setting something up for takeout and window service and things of that nature, drive throughs okay, having people have the ability to order on their phone and just come pick it up, that type of thing, it can work. And it's just the evolution of the restaurant industry. And if they're not doing that, I don't care how small you are, if you're not doing that, you're going to hit a brick wall. You know, because I don't see how, even opening up now, how a restaurant is going to get back to where they were. There's no getting back to where you were. You can only go back, you can only adjust to where you could be. So you have to, yeah. That's that's something that that I see happening. They're gonna need to do that. All right. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, one one other thing. Uh, and for the rest of the show, I just want to focus on this area because um, you know, public companies, you know, they're you know they 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 they're good. You know, they have they have their um. You know, they have the growth potential. They have a lot of things going on. Um, and and it's, I think that alternative investments, I, I don't think that a lot of people understand the impact of, of alternative investments itself. You know, it sh- any alternative investments should be a staple in any investment portfolio. And there are a lot of reasons for that. I'm going to go through it. Um Look, they, they brought, alternative investments brought us the likes of Apple, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Beyond Meat, Zoom, that um, um, love love what they do, you know, don't love the fact that they're not secure. Um, Uber, uh, Spotify, Twitter, uh, Palantir, um, you know, they brought us these companies, the, these, these, these great, and it's beyond tech, it's beyond tech. Um, the, the list is far greater than what I just mentioned, uh, and, and in a number of industries, by the way, I just, you know, gave, um, you know, just companies that, that kind of hit me at the moment. Um, but it's beyond technology and it shows that even the most successful, most profitable companies that are now leaders in their industries and their spaces and their arenas, they had a starting point. They all started somewhere. And they were all private companies at one time. And that's what I'm talking about here. Okay, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, they didn't just wake up one day to a multi-billion dollar, almost a trillion dollar empire. It all started in garages and basements, small offices, or in someone's dorm room. And they all have something in common, a big something in common. That commonality is that someone believed in their vision and backed up the company. This is almost always a venture capital, private equity uh, investment by a firm or an individual. It's an alternative investment, a direct investment into their companies that allows them to execute on their plan of action to bring to life their vision for tomorrow. Now, without this class of investment, we would only have a handful of very powerful public companies. Uh, back to the day of GE and IBM and so on and so forth. Uh, and the vision of tomorrow 
would never come to light. Uh, innovation would come to a standstill. I, I greatly believe in that uh, because when you have these young minds that are ambitious, they're hungry, they're thinking outside the box, they're thinking about tomorrow, they come up with the great ideas. When you have the, the, the monster companies, okay, that really they've been to the rodeo, they've seen the show, and it's hard for them to pivot. It's easier for a smaller company to pivot and be innovative and, and be destructive. And that's a key thing, okay? Um, and it looks, I mean, the, the, these, um, the innovation and solutions, if, if we didn't have these private companies, they, they would, they would never be found. They, they won't, they, they wouldn't be able to, there would be no disruption in this outdated, uh, and these outdated techniques, uh, to more, to, to a more efficient process for everything from construction to the automotive industry and overall technology, you know, uh, look, there would be limited artificial intelligence today and combi combating infections like COVID-19 and other things or finding the cure for it uh, would be closed off and dominated by a few players who would control the game and probably gouge the uh, the government um, because they can. Okay, and that's why alternative investments, in my opinion, Again, are, are and not even so much my opinion, but in reality, they they should be a staple. They should be a staple in in, in anyone's uh, any investor's portfolio in any portfolio. Uh, private equity firms, for instance, for the most part, they bring um, they bring much more to the table than a direct investment. Okay, they bring their experience, connections, mentorship to the table. They help these companies to grow differently. You know, you, it's not just about throwing money at a company. If it was as easy as throwing money at a company, then you'd, you'd have more successful companies than not. I have seen companies get money thrown at them and they just piss it out the window and they don't know what they're doing because they need more. They need someone to give them structure. Without structure, they're running around in circles and they wind up hitting a brick wall and investors lose money and that's what you don't want. So that's why private equity firms that have that, um, that have that structure in place, they can bring it to the table. They don't want to lose money for themselves. They don't want to lose money for their investors. So they need to be that anchor for these companies. And it works. You just look at all the companies that I mentioned and more. And they all they all have that one commonality. Okay. Someone came in to help them. Money, direction, mentorship, and so on and so forth. Okay. And look. Um, private equity firms, they have a good idea of how to connect the dots, sniff out deals that have the potential of having legs on them. Um, they, they're the believers of what tomorrow can bring and do it while helping their investors to profit from it. Now, venture capital, that's a different animal. They do their part in this investment class, but beyond deploying capital, a vast majority don't do much more than that. You have the elite ones that really care about the companies they invest in and put together a system that can help that can help these companies to actually succeed. Uh, you have a lot of them, a lot of venture capital 
you know, firms that, you know, maybe they got a trust fund or that it gave them some bucks or something happened there and they want to start investing in companies or maybe they're, you know, doing something and they, you know, whether it be in Hollywood or music and they got, they get into the venture capital arena. Now, again, the ones that care help these companies to grow. Uh, the ones, other ones just throw money at companies. They hope for the best. You know, they hope that one work out, one, one works out, uh, which is not good for these companies because they, they need that mentorship. Uh, look, a, a capital injection without, uh, the value add of an investor's experience or input makes it a much riskier investment for both the private company and the investor. Alternative investments can be anything. Just you know, it's it's not just one thing. It's a few things. It can be anything from private equity, venture capital, real estate, you know, like a read or something, commodities, hedge funds, direct investments to a private company, even, you know, making movies and art, you know, uh, you know, collecting art and antiques and you know, that type of thing. Um, what makes alternative investments a key component of any investment portfolio is that it acts very, very differently than a publicly traded stock or bond portfolio. They bring forward a true diversification, enhanced returns on investments, growth potential that far exceeds a more mature public company, and they typically, uh, they are typically not a slave to, to public markets. You know, publicly traded companies, they're a slave to the Dow. Dow goes down, companies go down, and there you go. That's the cycle. Uh, they, they, have, they have the potential of being the anchor in a portfolio as uh, the investment usually has a low correlation to other traditional asset classes. And that separation allows for these investments to accrue in value and garner the greatest returns over time. And that's a proven fact. They also give life to the ideas, and this is a good. This is this is the beauty of it. It gives the life to the ideas and visions of the founders of these private companies. They breed private equity managers who successfully seek out these deals, and they structure these deals which allow their firms and their investors to benefit from where normally they would not be able to. So, in closing, the place of alternative investments ranks high on the food chain of investment classes as they have a, the, the unique ability to bring the most advancement, the greatest returns in the shortest amount of time, and for them to be extremely disruptive, not only in an industry, but that disruption carries forward and has the ability to impact our lives forever. And that's where we are. So if you are an institution, of course, you're involved in alternative investments. If you're an accredited investor or you're an investor and you have the ability to get involved in an alternative investment, it's, it's really good to look at it. Uh, it'll be an important part of your portfolio, an important part of your life. And that's about it for this um episode of money never sleeps i'll be back with you next time and just keep an eye on um you know as i said earlier in the show um the, those points that i made are very important uh because you know the impact 
you know that that's going to be happening from the AC life, uh, the new norm. Um, it's going to change everything, change everything in a big way. So be be aware of that when you're looking at companies and you're you're looking what the, at what to invest in, or if you are in that industry, you know I I implore you to go and you know be more innovative in in your in your your business add technology grow think outside the box do the things you need to do to survive and you will survive and you'll thrive okay all right anyway thank you for listening and i'll be back with you with the next episode of money never sleeps soon initiating shutdown sequence you're listening to ucw radio in your face what is your major malfunction so let it be written so let it be done Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. All opinions expressed by Louis Velasquez on the Money Never Sleeps radio show and its website are solely his opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the UCW radio show or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by him on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by him as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. His opinions are based upon information he considers to be reliable, but neither the UCW radio show nor its affiliates, parent companies, and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. The UCW radio show, Louis Velasquez, its affiliates, parent companies, and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided on the radio show or on the website. His statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. No part of his compensation from the UCW radio show is related to the specific opinions he expresses. Please read the full disclaimer on MoneyNeverSleepsRadio.com.